Welcome to Dispatches from Outcasts. Conversations. Conversations. Conversations from a creative community. In our first episode, we have a free-form conversation about introductions and what it means to identify ourselves as artists and creative people. Our hosts today are Alicia, Aranea, Christina, and me, Albert. Hope you enjoy. As yeah. soon as midnight happens, they like yeah. they're. Mm-hmm. You know, People are camping out in front of shops to do that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, that, very... that's what I don't want to like promote. Yeah, I was uh, like my family, you know, was uh, coming in. And they like left at a certain time, and it wasn't like early or anything. But like, kind of their whole plan for the day was to like eat and then shop. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like a it's it was weird because it was like um, it felt like there was nothing else to talk about. You know, like all we could talk about, all we had to talk about was like food and like you know, shopping. We were talking about shopping, I guess. And it, it wasn't an extensive conversation. I just wasn't that interested in it. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was talking to Christina earlier about like how um, I think that people's lives must be very interesting beyond things like shopping. Mm-hmm. But we don't have good ways to talk about things besides like you know the small talk stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it take to be better at telling stories? Like mm-hmm. how do we how do we kind of learn um, culturally to make our mundane lives um, interesting stories without having to necessarily like? I don't think you have to like like you know be in in like dire scenarios or like a completely novel like. Um, uh, weird situations for your life to be interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, but we don't we don't talk about we don't like have good ways to talk about like what is what is interesting in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot about like this uh, when we were in uh, in Albuquerque, um, and we're meeting a lot of people from uh, in Culture Shift. Yeah, we went to Culture Shift and uh, we're meeting a lot of people and like you know it's. Like when that when that happens as an adult, you, people ask each other what they do, um, uh, so, you know, like generally for a living, and um, uh, you know, it's just it was another like I hadn't questioned it for a little while, but I used to always think like, what are other questions we can ask each other? Mm-hmm. Um, what are better questions? My friend has a one that I yeah. stole and, and really yeah. like. She yeah. asks, "How do you spend your time?" Mm, yeah. And so some people they talk about work because mm-hmm. that's how they spend their time. Other people mm-hmm. will talk about other like. Activities or families or whatnot. I feel like all of those questions have a lot of pressure attached to them. Like, even how do you spend your time? Mm -hmm. Because you're like, oh, no, this isn't the normal question that I'm used to getting a billion times. That even even as an artist, I hate the question. But at least I'm prepared for it. Mm -hmm. How do you spend your time? And be like, oh, man, okay, what do you mean? Like, I I read some books and I watch... (laughs) TV and like you just start getting into a, like a long list of your mm-hmm. your regular thing. I and I think when somebody's asking how do you spend your time, they might be asking for like one interesting thing that you do besides your job. Mm-hmm. So well, there's, there's you... still the level of like you don't really know what the person is asking for. Are they is it a short and I'm, I'm being nice because I don't know you kind of question? Mm-hmm. Is it a short like tell me something about yourself and we can chat for five minutes and I'll go to mm. somebody else in this party. Mm. Or is it like, a, I really want to get to know you mm. in depth question. Well, you know I kind of, I, mean? I feel like it's often a probe. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a probe to find out if they want to spend a lot, like spend more time talking to you. Sure. And they're, I guess they're like, it's, it's like, um, when, when I ask you this question, when you respond, is it going to be something that suggests that it's going to be an interesting conversation or that there's going to be interesting conversation available? Yeah. Um, Oof, that's so nerve-wracking. Yeah. I have to have the right answer. I mean, I I'm always like, oh, assume, man, yeah. I want to talk to Albert, but <clears throat> what kind of answer can I give so that he wants to continue talking to me? Because <laughs> oh if goodness, I yeah. talk about my cats for three hours, <laughs> this is going to be a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's there's a, there's a, there's, there's a reciprocality mm-hmm. somewhere, you know? Like, one is that, like, if you're being asked a question, it's better, I think, to just assume that someone's going to be interested in what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um... And not and not be stressed out about like whether or not you're going to like be impressive enough or whatever. And then from the other side, if you ask the question, like you gotta ask it earnestly. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be like willing to be interested in whatever whatever is said, at least you know long enough to to find out if there's more behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of any other questions that you've liked? 
<laughs> I honestly, so I, I, I had two that I came up with when I was in uh, Albuquerque mm-hmm. or in New Mexico. One was uh, was if you uh, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? How would you describe yourself? <laughs> Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not easy, but, like, just, you know, like, the, it's just, like, try. You know, it's just a creative prompt. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be, like, on one hand, it's, like, you can try to get to um, something that goes around the what do you do kind of stuff. Because some people might might be interested in work, and some people might be interested in, like, or want to talk about work. And some people might want to talk about, um, um, about like, pastimes or whatever. But you might as well just go all the way past it and just, like, mm-hmm. ask something that's kind of odd and give people, like, make it even more open-ended, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bill's a person who talked to, like, who used it as a metaphor to describe, like, you know, deep roots and, like, long branches mm-hmm. and, like, uh, and, you know, a strong trunk. And, like, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And in that, in the process of telling that story, he, uh, he told about, like, you know, his family a little bit and a little mm-hmm. bit about his work and a little bit mm-hmm. about, like, his, his values. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that, that worked mm-hmm. as a metaphorical question. Mm-hmm. Ooh, actually, I hadn't even thought about this, but in my like f- most favorite writing class ever mm-hmm. that I just took, um, we started the class by like really exploring the question, "Where do you come from?" Mm-hmm. Right, and everyone took it in a totally different direction. Like that's all mm-hmm. our professor said is like, "Where do you come from?" Could be anything. Write for like you know ten minutes, mm-hmm. and people would touch on like literal like physical spaces, but they would also touch on family connections and history, or they would mm-hmm. touch on activities that they like or weird anachronisms about where they live. You know, and it was really interesting to see how that one simple question brought up like history ties, you know, physical space, um, just like this whole breadth of answers. So maybe I'll try that next time I'm meeting a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Just see yeah. what people say. They'll probably say I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, because in, like, a professional space at least, that's what you tell people, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be the type of space, too, because, like, right. I feel the conference that I went to, <laughs> right. like, they were all pretty open, and, like, I think a lot of people were super creative, but it was still this professional conference, mm-hmm. um, which meant that you'd say your name and where you work and, like what town you come from. Yeah. Um. I wonder if there's another way to go about it, which is um, not about finding like the right answer, the right question that elicits like the, a certain kind of thing, mm-hmm. but instead like from the point of view of the asker, what can you ask that will make you interested in the person? Like, I don't know. When, when I had first moved here, um, you know, in all the places that I went that I met people, I asked a lot of people, like, where they're from. Um, and part of that was because I was really interested in the question of, like, you know, where are we living right now? What is our relationship to cities versus smaller cities? And so that was, like, um, there was room for me to have a lot of conversation when I when I uh, asked people about those things. Um, and a lot of times it was a question that a lot of people had, had, uh, had something to say about. You know, it's general, um, but I was genuinely interested in it. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, like, uh, there's a broad range of jobs and if I'm asking about a job, most of the time I don't care that much. Um, and you know, the other, the other work is like trying to be better at caring a lot about like, about anything that, that, uh, is a part of people's lives. But mm-hmm. to find a question that is, uh, is connected to the things that we're, or that, that, you know, you as an asker, um, are specifically going to pay attention to might be a good way to uh, to make it easier for you to listen more and in turn, you know, like draw out more answers or uh, more more thoughtful answers from people. I have an idea. Yeah. So can we each ask a question <laughs> and then like go around and answer it as a way to like introduce ourselves? <laughs> okay, so what are we doing? Uh, let's introduce our question or our, our, our game. Okay. Um do you want to talk about the yes, podcast a little Yes, I do, because I really don't know oh, okay. what the sure. idea is. I yeah, don't know yeah. where it came from yeah. and or why. Well, that's that's chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know when it was. Sometime last week? Yeah, it was a couple days ago. Oh, so, it was, yeah, it was actually last week because we had dinner um, afterwards. I was listening to a podcast of actually Mallory from Honeycomb. She started a podcast with one of her coworkers about her styling and, and stuff like that. But they had gone to a conference where... Um, somebody was talking about something and they're like, is there something that you want to do? Just start doing the thing. 
just and they were they were speaking very philosophically and there's all this kind of stuff and um, I was thinking about whenever we're hanging out and we oh, have these really great conversations mm -hmm. like and, and especially within pause like these are these are concepts that I really wish other people knew about mm -hmm. but that group is so small and like and there's no other way to get that stuff out and so I texted Albert I'm like you know what Mount Kaz needs to be a podcast. <laughs> And he said that you and Christina had yeah. already like been talking about it, but you hadn't quite figured out how to like yeah. move forward on it. Yeah, why why did this conversation help you want to do this more, Christina? Like what changed when we had the conversation last week? Um, well I think one aspect that changed was Arne was talking about it as like four people in Corvallis. Mm -hmm. Um, which automatically makes it more like, I don't know, like less nebulous <laughs> yeah it's not like for anybody yeah. anywhere and also like i don't care like i'm trying to be and like i don't know how to say it i don't i don't i think like we have a lot of defaults about like we when we put a podcast up or when we put something online we want like everyone to see it mm -hmm. and like really concerned about scale or like that's the what we've been trained to do um or my brain is really wired that way where i will care about that um mm -hmm. and i don't like that anymore so i stopped putting anything online ever <laughs> which is not the right way to do it either um, so yeah i feel you on that one <laughs> yeah the original conversation we had though christina and i talking about my cast podcast was uh was it was supposed to be like you know a really small podcast um like intentionally uh tiny short almost insignificant uh, low stakes and just about like making something and sharing it um, in a way that hopefully encourages other people to make stuff and share stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we, got we were going to call it dust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm motioning. <laughs> like, I'm motioning. You can't see that. <laughs> um, one of the things that you can probably relate to is that like I find the way Albert and Christina operate their lives so inspiring mm -hmm. with the fact that you guys just decide to do something and then a lot of the times you just do it and um i think uh one of the things that i wanted this podcast to be was a way to give other people that idea mm. like a way for other people to create their own local art communities to just start making things that they want to make without worrying about audience, without worrying about even if the thing is going to be any good. <laughs> a lot of times you'll make something just because you wanted yeah, to. You yeah. had no concept of like who you would give it to, yeah. what it would be for. You know, it was just that you wanted it to be a thing that existed. So yeah. I liked mm. that idea. And I, and before I met you guys, I didn't think that way. I didn't create things in that way. And I feel like I'm doing that more now and I want to, give that to other people. Yeah. I want other people to, like, be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I believe, I believe a lot in that, in that idea. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, like Christina is saying, a lot of what we've been trying to do in our lives uh, in the last, you know, year has been about um, not trying to put things out in the world. Mm -hmm. And, um... Like, I, I, they, there's, there's something different, right? Like, like, if we can do it in a way that just feels like we can hang out and share and, just like, you know, make a reason to have a conversation together, mm -hmm. and that can be the core of the feeling, then that's that's totally fine. And that's, like, that's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. um, but so one of the tricky things is that, like, um, things like uh, like pause our, uh, our fortnightly um, artist gathering, is it has to be small in a way it like it does it's not going to work if it, if we tried to do it for like 100 people mm -hmm. it's meant to be for six people and um and then the question is like how do you how do you uh give that idea to other people and mm -hmm. i've been thinking about that a lot and same with my yeah. right yeah. like it's a, it's our house and and we we have this idea that like our houses can be more than a um more than just a living space but also spaces to gather and how do we share that idea with other people mm -hmm. without trying to scale up our personal project? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if Mount Kaz became this huge art gallery of a thing, that's one thing. But if Mount Kaz is the catalyst that leads a bunch of other people right. to create their own house communities, then it becomes this whole other 
bigger thing that doesn't put as much pressure on the two of you. Yeah. But also, I feel like it, it becomes more powerful. Yeah. And it's more interesting, I think, if it's an inspiration to someone else for them to start whatever their own version of it is, than if it's our organization that controls how how everyone else does it, mm-hmm. or in any way is like uh, is is um, directing it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, like that's the, that's the it's the bottom up grassroots mm-hmm. kind of thing. We're grass seeds. We're weed seeds. <laughs> 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 We're like the dandelion flow. Yeah. There you go. Falls into your backyard. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> I like that. I do too. <laughs> that was a lovely image. Dandelion flow. Yeah. It's like, oh no, we have a show in our living room. Oopsies. Oops, I can't even remember the topic. So, what does that elicit to you, Alicia? Um. Well, heard those ideas. Yeah, it's kind of something that I've been thinking about too. I might have also. I don't remember if you might have been dealing with plumbing issues <laughs> when I was maybe sharing this with Christina yeah. a couple of days ago, but I've like wanted to do this mini documentary even about Mount Kaz and about, oh, yeah. not even about Mount Kaz, that like trying to capture and like delve into this sense of creative community and the actual act of sewing the dandelion fluff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, that's what an idea in my mind for probably six months now, and yeah. I just didn't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. um, and obviously podcasts have been in my mind for forever, yeah. um, and I also didn't know what to do with that, because I think I initially went the, like, oh, this needs to be super produced, I need to have all the technical skills first, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I have ideas that I'm like, I actually think I'm gonna want to do some of this eventually, yeah. but I didn't want to do it on my own, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, like, yeah. yeah, I felt like initially... For myself, my own ideas in this medium were very like me based, which is not what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it. I'm glad to hear where the three of you are coming from, because it gives me a sense that there's a desire to capture what's happening here, or even just capture the energy and hope mm-hmm. that that will flow out and like pinball for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And maybe that was part of it, too, is that part, like, maybe the reason it was hard for me and Albert to do it when it was just the two of us was also that same sort of, like, oh, it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mount Cass has never been <laughs> just the two of us. So, like, a podcast about mm-hmm. this place mm-hmm. needs other voices and other energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes sense that that's the catalyst. Yeah. And that also feels better. Like, I for me, the if the... <clears throat> Maybe to what you were saying, Albert, about, like, if the process of us getting together and recording is, mm-hmm. like, that's mm-hmm. as much the point of it yeah. to me mm-hmm. as whoever listens to it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and I could also see, because I know that I've been meeting a lot more creative people doing, either they identify as mm-hmm. artists in some way, or they don't, but they still do really cool mm-hmm. creative things, and this... Um, space and name has been helping me find people here mm. and like I could totally see inviting pe- other people for conversations mm-hmm. like yeah. um, Eleanor we'll definitely have that, right a rotating yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. it's and I like I it makes sense what you said that once um RNA mentioned that this could be for people in this area, mm-hmm. right? It just makes yeah. it more mm-hmm. like you're making it to further seed community here as yeah. opposed to just shout into the ether, yeah. which is something else I also with, don't get with podcasts yeah. sometimes. With the idea that it's not like not, you don't have to live here. It's not exclusive. To to it. It's not yeah. exclusive, but that's what it's for. Yeah. You know, anybody anybody could listen to it and be like, mm-hmm. I will start that in my own small <laughs> right. town. Mm-hmm. Well, here's something that's you interesting know. to compare it to is uh, like if you're if you're a painter and you're not selling your work or you're not like putting in a gallery mm-hmm. though that's kind of stuff that's the stuff that we would encourage people to do also mm-hmm. so podcast like making it and putting it online right. even if no one right. listens to it the act of making it is what um is what it makes mm-hmm. available to us yeah and so that act of making it like is something that we are trying to make available to us or mm-hmm. like the, the four of us right now and you know if we invite other people from town or from mm-hmm. from the neighborhood just to have them like have the experience of, of making a thing that's really uh, that's really beautiful to me yeah it's a right. it's an exercise yeah you know it's a it's a muscle that you that you get used to using mm-hmm. 
you mm. make something and you share it, and then it becomes a little bit easier to make something and share it. And, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th- these are ways that we can like kind of create community that supports someone who might uh, need a little bit, like need a trainer, you know, <laughs> to uh, to uh, work yeah. that muscle. Yeah. Um, have them be a part of making the thing and then uh, and let it go. Yeah. So, like, this idea, like, the idea of, oh, kind of getting into the exercise of making something mm-hmm. and then sharing it and then just making and sharing and, like, having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Cleon. Yeah, Cleon. I really want to say Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, that's his name. That's right definitely now. his Austin name. Austin Klingon. Forever. Whenever we talk about him, him right because he's got those two books yeah. about it which are are awesome but mm-hmm. now that you i've like heard like an artist and show your work yes oh, like okay. an artist and got show it. your work yeah. um and i like i've had those for what four years now mm-hmm. and like heavily underlined and i totally <laughs> got it intellectually but yeah. it's interesting how there was something there was like this gap between me reading it and be like mm-hmm. oh i could just put things out there but it's still just me doing it and being like yo mm-hmm. people whomever i happen to know this is yeah. happening versus yeah. being in a space with other people who are also playing yeah. and exercising that muscle yes. and sharing with each other i feel like that's the difference for me because mm-hmm. yeah. now i want to just make a thing to make it mm-hmm. and then be like yo i made a thing to make it <laughs> yeah. and then everyone's like cool yeah. you know yeah. and um anyway so i just want to put yeah. that out there because uh-huh. i feel like that mm-hmm. hearing you all say these things it's making me realize that's where the gap was for me mm-hmm. um yes I mean, yeah, because like, I remember. Maybe we should yeah. keep going. Let's try. Go ahead. Yeah, no, because yeah. I remember the first time we met for coffee um, in Corvallis, and you had all these ideas because you were like, <laughs> "I want to do this podcast. I want to like, um, what was the podcast? Do you remember? It was like you wanted to interview people about like." Um, it was related to that City Network podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About where... like um, city questions or something. Oh, Curious Ooh. Corvallis, I think. Yeah, maybe. Well, that was one of them, and then there was, like, so another many. one. Yeah. <laughs> you had, like, a whole list. I mean, I still have them, and yeah. they've, they've, like, grown and iterated, and one of them is around this idea yeah. that's, like, the... <sighs> anyway. Anyway, so, was, but I think it was interesting because <laughs> then, I think in later conversations, you identified as someone who hadn't made a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. which I didn't really get, because from your conversation, you had all these ideas, but... Like that, there was that gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like what I was missing was the energy, I guess, mm-hmm. and the people who were also excited and just mm-hmm. making and trying things. Which is yeah. also something Albert's talked a lot about too, where you always want collaborators, and that's the hardest part to find when you're like yeah. making stuff. Yeah, yeah. I found that. Um, I mean, I'm, I, these days I'm looking for uh, supportive community. Mm-hmm. Right, one that is that kind of has like it feels like a, someone has my back, mm-hmm. and that if I need to, I can ask for a collaborator from that, rather than like going out and looking for like the perfect like creative partner for everything. It's just like let's just make whatever we got with whatever we got, you know, alongside whoever is around, and, yeah. and things will happen. I did not realize how powerful having an artist community would be, yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to just doing stuff on your own, because I didn't feel that way in college when I was around contemporaries who are doing the exact same thing i'm doing you mm-hmm. would think that you would ha- you could have that but mm-hmm. it's different you're all you feel more well at least at my my college we felt more like competitors yeah. Yeah. than mm-hmm. as collaborators or as people who could do stuff together i think a lot of people mm-hmm. who in art school have that yeah, <laughs> have that feeling, yeah. and so you feel like well, i can't i can't be a part of an artist community i can't hang around <laughs> other artists who are all just trying to do their own thing and everyone's going to be fighting with each other like mm-hmm. you know yeah, the the commercial like an industrial world of, of everything makes mm-hmm. it makes the like elicits that kind of competition mm-hmm. rather than uh, rather than um, what's the right word um, rather than like uh, like uh, shared exploration. Yeah, is because it's, it's not even just collaboration, right? Like sometimes it's not about making a project together, but it's just about being in the same space and asking the same questions. And then, like, just wandering from there. Mm-hmm. Let's introduce ourselves now okay. while we're asking okay. this question. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to explain what this is? Well, it's always okay. So, I always get the deer in the headlights look when people ask me, like, "What do I do for a living um, these days?" Because I've, I'm sort of in this like figuring out process of what I do slash what I do for a living. Um, 
And so the question has always been like, what are alternate questions that you can ask to get to know people um, that don't put them on the spot and or that leads to like interesting conversation. So we were talking about alternative questions and we've all put a bunch into the we all wrote one and put it in the container yeah. and now we're all going to answer it by way of introducing ourselves to you dear listeners <laughs> or we're going to introduce ourselves to you by way of answering these questions <laughs> okay uh what season speaks to you most and why hmm now let's go around lightning round yeah Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, go. Question, do we oh. want to, like, say our names? You say your stuff? name and put yeah. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then you're answering it. Um, okay, so my name is Arnea Push. She, her, or whatever. Um, and uh, I don't have a specific season that speaks to me the most, because every, every time a season comes up, I am excited for that season. Mm. At each season's change, I am... I, I think equally um, anticipatory and excited for the season that's coming. Summer is like full of possibility. Fall is cozy. Winter is full of family and reflection. And spring is full of growth. And um, I feel like at every season, I I notice those changes and I am excited about them. And so. And here we will it link seems... to Arnea's zine. Arnea's zine. What did I call it? Um, Impermanence is beautiful yes. or something like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's a little bit of a cop-out answer. They'd be like, all seasons. No, all there's, seasons no, there's, no, there's no wrong answer. This is, it's a, how does this question make you think about mm-hmm. yourself? Mm-hmm. Scan the zine and put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Show notes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also tells me that you live somewhere and grew up somewhere where there were four to six seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I grew, yeah, I grew up in Nebraska where... The winters were colder than here, and the summers were muggier. You know? <laughs> but yeah, four seasons. It really sure. brought a lot of change, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a, a. This is a story that popped in my head. Not a um, so my name is Christina Tran. My pronouns are she/her. Um, so, I think recent or like lately, I think the season that speaks to me the most is winter time. Um, and this is my sort of like second go around of seasons in Corvallis. So I get to, I'm like walking the same trails and seeing how the different seasons mm-hmm. affect the trails. Um, and when I first started doing that and walking the trails around here, it was, you know, rainy and cold and wet and winter. And I had, um, told myself to help me get through the rainy season. Like any day that I could potentially go walk, I was going to do it. Um, so I was walking a lot last winter and then, um, summer hit and I was walking the same trails and it was this completely different experience cause it was like overgrown and buggy and like noisy and like it just felt, and there was a snake on the path and I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> like, I was like, I want my like quiet like gray winter walk. <laughs> it was like calm and peaceful. Um, and I think for me too, I think a theme of the last few years is trying to figure out like how slowness and how like um, silence and how quiet and how like peacefulness can like coexist in our lives, which are getting like ever busier and ever, ever noisier. Um, and how that has all sorts of deleterious side effects. <laughs> um, so I think winter speaks to me, even though if you had asked me that a few years ago, I would not have said that because I also hate the cold. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Albert Kong. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, or they, them. I like they, them a lot. Mm-hmm. I like to call everyone. Babies and gentle thems. Yes, <laughs> the gentle thems. Um, I am a gentle them from <laughs> And uh, I think, you know, I, I would probably just say that spring is like, um, is, you know, the one that I enjoy the most. But, but when I think about this question, I think about like metaphorically 
how does my uh, how does my lifestyle like uh, reflect uh, the seasons or how the seasons reflect my lifestyle? And I think um, I think fall um, and the kind of fact of things ending and things kind of clearing away and uh, and kind of indicating the um, the yeah just like brevity of all the things that can happen um, really feels connected to the way that I like to create and the way that I like to um, uh, look at the phases that I've gone through in my life. Um, I like to see, I like to let things pass. I like to make things and let them go. Um, and I hope that one day I can live up to the image of just like having dropped many, many leaves that were, you know, all kind of um, not that important individually, but they all came from the same tree, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then you put them in the yard waste bin. <laughs> and then they become compost. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, I'm Alicia Long Seville, or could be Sabson, depending on when you listen to this. Say okay. your pronouns. Oh, did I not? No. Oh. She, her. Um, and it's uh, interesting to think about this question because my answers changed so much throughout my life. It used to be summer because I loved the hot days and going swimming in the lake and um, the sun, of course. And I'm born in the summer, so naturally. Um, and for a while, I like really, really avoided winter or I hated it because it made me depressed and it made me feel slow and it made me feel just like inward too much. And that mm -hmm. scared me for a long time. Um, and then I moved to the Bay area and there were no seasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, I loved it for the first couple years. And then afterwards it was really exhausting to constantly be in the same weather pattern. Um, and it made me realize that much like what you said, RNA, that there's, Something, I don't know, something about living there has made me appreciate what each, what each season brings. Um, and so, I guess I will also go to Kappa. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Which is not really, it, yeah, it's not really Kappa, it's just a joke. Um, but there's something that I appreciate in each one, and I really appreciate kind of the shift in energy, I guess, mm -hmm. is what I usually notice. Yeah. Right? Like, now we're in winter, and I feel like it's okay to just want to sit by the fireplace and drink hot chocolate for a mm -hmm. lot long time for all the uh, days for all the days exactly um and to you know try things and make them and not feel like i have to do anything with them um when spring comes i always feel a surge of energy mm -hmm. like literally maybe it's the vitamin d i don't know um <laughs> yeah and then i i get like really excited and i want to go out a lot more you know and see people and then summer um Usually I'm probably doing the most just because the days are really long and I mm. love feeling like I can go out and it's like I can have five different days in one because <laughs> the days yeah. are so long. Um, and then by the time fall hits, it's, I know that it's time to slow down more again. Um, yeah. So at this point in life, I'm actually appreciating them all, which is interesting to see. Yeah. Austin Klingon has been talking about seasons a lot. <laughs> I did have a brain fart because I was like, is that really his name? <laughs> uh, but I, I think in the last like year, a lot of the posts that he's been making are about uh, seasons. And, you know, at the same time, I think back to like when I, I studied like Japanese literature for a period in college and like there's a lot of um, commentary on, on seasons in that uh, in that tradition of, uh, of literature. Apparently Japanese has 72 micro-seasons. Sure. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that? They have like 72 micro-seasons. I might have Who the number does? wrong. Japan. The, the, like yeah, the Japan culture. Is, is that like, is that like, uh, like hmm? 30 words for snow though? I'm not sure. I think it... it was, well, I saw the list because it was just like, they were very precise of like, this is the couple of weeks after the leaves have fallen or yeah. like this thing, mm -hmm. like they break it up a lot more. Okay, so um, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. So like 72, if there's 72 micro seasons and they're all different, that's like less than a week for each. I think there are, oh, yeah. yeah, no, but I think mm -hmm. there are, um, but I think it's more about maybe the more meta thing is about like oh. how, how it's 
it's more attuned to the changes that are happening, mm-hmm. even at the micro yeah. level, because Rather it's not like, like a specific time. You know, yeah. I was just talking to my dad mm-hmm. about this. Yeah, uh, he's saying in like in in China they have uh, they have uh, like two or three seasons every uh, every month. Mm-hmm. Like every yeah. like moon cycle, like uh, mm-hmm. there's like um, yeah. specific events, and there's like yeah, there's two every like two weeks, um, and I think they're related to to that same thing. Is that the right three per month or seven? Yeah. I mean, my number might be wrong, yeah. so it probably is. Maybe it's maybe it's a uh, like it's like a twenty four or forty eight. Yeah, yeah. because mm. it's um yeah, because I feel that like early fall feels a lot different. Well, he was yeah. also saying that it's related to uh, it's related to uh, harvest seasons, yes. right? Like because mm. that kind of stuff is really important to pay attention to when you're uh, when you're in agricultural uh, society, mm-hmm. and you know culturally. Um, at least China isn't that far out of that period. Um, and probably now, like, people don't talk about that kind of stuff anymore. But, like, in my dad's, like, childhood, that was still something that people were talking about. Uh, because, you know, my mom's family was just, like, straight farmers. And that was, like, everyone, you know. That was a lot of people. And, uh, uh, and you know, in the West, we've been kind of moving away from that for, like, 150 years. But um, many places are still clo- a lot closer to their agricultural Oh, there's actually, this makes me think of um, seasons as artists, too. Because as a, as a society, we, we like, get away from, like, just time in general. <laughs> we sort of pretend mm-hmm. everything's, like, you know, your produce is available year-round. In, mm-hmm. like, Silicon Valley, there's no break because there's no seasons. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. just work all year, right? I think that affects how we live in our lives. Um, but I was talking to a friend about seasons as artists because there's also this idea now that we also have to have like constant output (laughs) which Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it makes sense for any creative process right like you have to have moments of um amanda palmer uses the metaphor of like collecting dots and then connecting the dots and then sharing it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so like you need those moments of like getting inspiration or doing the artist field trips or to like Mm -hmm. like be more inward so that you're figuring out what's coming out you know and like there's times of rest or there's times of making and there's times of sharing or there's times of like input and there's times of output there's winters of Mm. artists there are (laughs) but it's really hard to go into that mode especially if you're like on social media at all or like feeling like you need Mm -hmm. to like have a consistent output every month if if you can come from Mm -hmm. the inside then you can kind of move through those periods organically but if you're kind of being thrown everything at once um, from from the internet, mm-hmm. from uh, from a really busy life, then you might not be able to flow into that as well. Mm-hmm. I want to make a uh, a micro seasons like chart for art making. For art making, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be beautiful. Right? Yeah, that would be. It would be. I would join in on that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Okay, what season yeah. are y'all in mm. artistically right now? Ooh. Mm. Hmm. I think I'm uh, I think I'm in like early spring. Okay. Like really early spring where like a lot of stuff is sown but uh but nothing is uh you know it's not there's not enough sun uh uh nutrition or what what is the right word for that? <laughs> Nutrients to uh to uh let it uh, uh sprout yet. What seeds have you sown? Um well there's a lot of stuff kind of uh just brewing from um from the, th- the ways that I've been thinking while working. Um, I haven't been able to put too much time into getting ideas in functional form and, and putting it out there. Um, or as much as I think I could be, although when I reflect on it, maybe there's more than I thought. Uh, but it feels like a kind of germinating period or like a, like a hibernating period that, that will be fruitful soon. I don't know. I don't know my answer. All seasons. All of the seasons at once. I'm not sure how this translates to season mode, but I feel like I'm in a connecting the dots space. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been collecting dots for like years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. only now am I starting to see how they can connect. So, you know what? I'm not going to put the metaphor on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to dig into this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have an answer, Christina? 
I don't have, I don't know what I would name it, but I definitely in winter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I think on, on sort of two levels, one level is that I'm definitely like, don't talk to me. Let me write, like, leave me alone. I just want to mm-hmm. like make something or like do something um, without thinking about the output of it. Um, and I think there's also some of that like connecting the dots phase where it feels like the themes I've been thinking about for the last few years wants to be in some kind of form, like wants expression, mm. um, but I don't know what that is yet. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's tempting to constrain it with output, but I don't think it will, that would be fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of makes me think that like part of my connecting the dots is not so much yeah there's something about out or a form that it wants to become whatever this it is um to go with the garden metaphor <laughs> it's like before i've been collecting seed packets for years right mm-hmm. and i have all these seed packets mm-hmm. and i have no idea what to do with them and i'm like well you're a packet and i know you have potential but i don't really know where you go or what to do but first like somehow in the last year especially I feel like I'm getting a clear idea of like, I don't think it's going to be a set one item, you know, it's not going to be a specific output. Mm -hmm. It's more like a structure for this beautiful, bountiful garden that I want to invite people Mm -hmm. into. Mm. Like that's actually what's coming to fruition. And then any harvest will be like little projects for later right. you know and come later but it's really more the structure when, when you say the structure do you mean like the structure for your life or the structure for a kind of like um framework of a project or a garden. life okay yes. of your own life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the garden of your life the go- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm building a structure for the garden of your life. when you say it like that <laughs> yeah i mean i also think about like it makes me think about uh, I guess I'm thinking about the framework of, of, of projects uh, because that's like kind of what, what a podcast is, you know, the podcast as a, as the unit and then the podcast as like individual episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, what Mount Kaz is as a uh, creative community, as Arne puts it. And um, do you not agree that that's what it is? No, no, I think okay. so. I, but I think I wanted to give you credit for, oh, for like making that, uh, <laughs> that call. You know me. I'm just always insecure. Can oh. <laughs> I write about that? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Um, but um, now I wanted to call out what uh, uh, Christina's friend, Jen, um, called this kind of stuff, which is um, uh, the term proxy art. Mm. Is this, is this, do you feel like this is uh, relevant here? It's like uh, this idea that we can create, uh, as an art form, we can create a structure for other people to create stuff into. Mm-hmm. Um, Mount Kaz is a proxy piece because it is not like as itself. It's it maybe you could say it's a it is artistic on its own, mm-hmm. but the project of Mount Kaz is to create a space for other people to fill with with more and different kinds of art all the time. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, and um, yeah, like that kind of stuff is uh, really interesting to me. It's really beautiful to think about, like making a framework that uh, containers that people can and put their creativity into. Hmm. It's really Jen. hard, yes. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think when, like when you are thinking of creating those structures, it's actually really hard because it's so amorphous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to talk about. Um, so like finding community around that is pretty, it's pretty vital. Because you're not creating the thing, and you don't really want to create the thing, but everyone understands it's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are you doing for making, uh, like, what is making your life the structure for a garden? <laughs> what is happening that is doing this thing that you're talking about? It's funny, it's not like I'm, you know, literally setting up rules for a life, but it's more like I'm setting up practices and questions for paying attention and for collecting and for noticing what draws my attention mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. connecting with the outside world and connecting with myself um, and seeing all of that as legitimate yeah. and yeah. necessary and vital actually yeah mm-hmm. whereas before I 
think I would see it as, oh, I'm just being introspective right yeah. now. Mm, or, you know, right, I would dismiss right. those kinds of activities. And now I realize that it's actually super vital to who I am as a person, mm. which is by proxy also vital to like me feeling creative, which also feeds energy i don't know i'm kind of going do, do you have any specifics like i mean if anyone listening is interested in like mm -hmm. what kinds of introspective practices they might want to build into their lives hmm. uh, what would you share with them hmm. that you do? well besides founding a, <laughs> finding a malcast like community um i mean one that's been really meaningful is my i really don't know what to call this but accountability buddy mm -hmm. like she's yeah. someone we started talking a year and a half ago because we both realized we had giant changes coming up and we wanted to be aware of how they were moving and how we were moving through them. And it started from a really job oriented place because I was about to not have a job and she was about to change her job. And we started from this place, but what it's become is actually more like a weekly two hour conversation on like kind of in the beginning of the week that's where each of us get an hour and we start with how we're feeling and then we each kind of go into a space where we can just share our own whatever's happening and then the other person helps us connect the dots actually mm -hmm. and then we flip and do it for the other person and then we just added this one hour that's actually the conversation i was having before here yeah. it's like a one hour evaluation call where we just reflect on what we had talked about earlier in the week how it's mm. shown up in our lives in the last week. And like, it's been, it's been these like specific stories where we notice that we're actually choosing to do things differently because of what we've been talking about. Um, nice. Yeah. And it's just organically become like that, but it's really shifted to become today. I call it a temple. <laughs> yeah. Like there's been a lot of interesting, like, spirituality mm -hmm. and like divinity language has been coming to me recently which is fascinating since i used to identify as atheist mm -hmm. um and this space i don't know i think it's just making space for the soul yeah you know and like we've both been getting busier and busier as the year has gone on and now we're literally setting aside three hours every mm -hmm. week yeah to like dedicate to this yeah. because it's vital so i think there's something in there about like really making a time and space that we protect that is both for ourselves and for each other, a space where we can just show up and bring whatever is going on for us and also witness the other person in their mm -hmm. space. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's been really, really yeah. like meaningful. I've had, I've had similar, um, I also had accountability and we would talk every week and it started off as accountability, but it very quickly became more just time together to be able to talk about these questions of art and life that I think what you said about like making the time for that and making the time for that as important was really um, key to doing it in the other parts of our lives, right? Like having that mirror for like, oh, this thing you're struggling with is not, um, is not like weird or not insignificant, right? Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, I think it can feel really lonely to be an artist or to like grapple with these questions that someone with a nine to five doesn't really, I mean, I'm sure they are grappling with some form of them, but like there's less, um, less of a path um, sometimes for them. Um, and one thing we did, we just started a Google Doc where like our three questions for conversation were um, what like achievements or gratitudes did you have for the week? And then um, what questions or like challenges are you holding? And then what are your goals for the next week? And just having that Google Doc um, and my buddy, she had a kid recently, and so we've been on a break. Um, but I just kept going in the Google Doc mm. and writing stuff because having that record also of the mm. year and having that time for reflection each week has been really, really good. Um, it's like having that date with myself too. Yeah. I'm mm. just like, this is important to like, just 
pause and reflect on the week and set intentions for the next week. Um, and I keep doing that. Mm. Although I miss our conversations. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't have an accountability buddy or doesn't have a community for this, uh, I want to recommend my friend Danielle Baskin's uh, app, <laughs> which is called Your Boss. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a uh, it's a random pairing of other people on the network. Once a week, you'll get a random call from some uh, from the from the system, and they'll pair you with someone else who's on the system, and they'll give you a prompt that kind of helps you that asks you questions about like um, about uh, your productivity or your goals or your intentions or or various things, uh, and then you're kind of free to just chat with each other about it. Um, and I think I think that having like a direct connection, ongoing relationship that evolves and uh, and and changes according to um, how you and your partner grow are um, like that. That's probably the best format. But for those who want a either playful version of it or just want to uh, have something something that they can jump into um, and don't have someone that they want that they're willing to ask for uh, for this kind of weekly support or regular support. Uh, your boss. Mm -hmm. uh, this is your boss. <laughs> We're not sponsored. I just love that because the work that she does is really, really cool. You have to look that up. Yeah, it's great. Um, that Can't. actually makes no, no. I was gonna say it makes me think that like for the people who may not have, as you said, Albert, the creative community right now or an accountability buddy, um, even just the simple question of taking time to figure yeah. out how I feel, yeah. like just in a moment where I'm either I don't know, like something is off or something's happening. Mm -hmm. Or I'm, I just feel like I'm going too fast or I'm not noticing what's going on. Mm. That's actually what this call has been teaching mm. me to do is to literally like ask myself, how do I feel? And to just drill down until I get an actual feeling word. Mm. <laughs> and it's not just, I don't know. I just feel like squishy. Yeah. Well, that's great. But like mm -hmm. dig deeper. And I yeah. will literally look up feeling words yeah. on thesaurus.com or dictionary.com. <laughs> and there's been something like freeing about that in the sense of, Mm, I don't know, like finding in this case a feeling word that feels so spot on that yeah. it's really relieving and it yeah. like relieves pressure. Mm. And then suddenly, or at least for me, then it's like I can continue living my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's something that's like, it's like showing that language, like the English language can validate, like, you know, whatever you're feeling. It, it makes it, it gives you permission to feel that way because you know that it is at least common enough that there is a lexicalized version of that somewhere, you know? And now if you would like to answer this question for yourselves, we'll ask you again. What season speaks to you most and why? You've been listening to Dispatches from Mount Kaz, a radio zine recorded at Mount Kaz Studios in Corvallis, Oregon. Be sure to check out our show notes for music credits and links to more resources about the things that we talked about today.